Have you ever stopped to think about what your clutter is costing you? Maybe not necessarily in monetary terms, but in terms of things like your time, your health, your wellness, and your relationships. That is what we are going to talk about today with our guest, professional organizer and author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Organizing, Lori Palau. Welcome to Cocktails and Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host, whose favorite book is Tequila Mockingbird, Christy Lingo. Hello and welcome back to Cocktails and Containers. I am your host, professional organizer, Christy Lingo, and today I have an interview that I recorded back in the spring with my good friend and fellow professional organizer, Lori Palau. Lori has a great book called Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Organizing, and we chatted about what your clutter is costing you. And she's got some really great insights because she does public speaking all the time, and she runs these clutter clinics in Philadelphia where she's from, and she gets all kinds of moms that are working moms and stay-at-home moms to talk about their clutter. And one of the things that continually comes up is, that clutter costs you more than the price of buying things. It also involves things like the time it takes to pick things up when you have more items, or perhaps you argue with your spouse a lot because things are cluttered in your home. So we are going to dive deep into Lori's extensive knowledge of clutter and what it could be costing your family. But before we get started, I want to remind you that the show notes for this and any episode of Cocktails and Containers is available at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. There you can find the cocktail recipes we discuss and any products that we mention during the broadcast, such as Lori's book, Hot Mess. And now, what clutter costs you? Without further ado, I want to introduce our first guest. I'm so excited to have her here today. Lori Palau is the author of the book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. She's a speaker and she hosts a weekly podcast called This Organized Life. She is a go-to organizing expert whose advice has been featured in the New York Times parenting section, in Family Circle, and Home and Table magazine. Lori can also be seen sharing her tips on ABC6 in Philadelphia, CBS Philadelphia, and WFMZ. She lives in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is just outside Philadelphia with her two daughters who, and her two dogs. Welcome, Lori. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have um, somebody else to talk to on here because I think people are getting tired of just talk, hearing me blather on about things. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I'm sure they're not, but I felt the same way with the podcast because if you listen to my early episodes, they it was just me chatting and talking. And then Erica, who's my assistant, maybe chimed in a little bit here and there. And then I was like, okay, we need to mix this up because people are just going to get bored with my voice. <laughs> no, I, don't I, don't. I love your voice. When I was reading your book, I, I could literally hear you talking to me because it's very distinct and I love it. Yeah. And you write exactly the way that you talk, which is very matter, matter of fact. And, um, I, and I love that. So we usually start out with the cocktail and we are making wine spritzers with Lori today. So these are wine spritzers a la Lori Palau and she uses a Sauvignon Blanc, but you could use any white wine, San Pellegrino and some lemon wedges. And you just fill that glass up with ice half and half or whatever your chosen mixture of wine to spritzer and a lemon wedge to, um, to top it all off. And 
I literally, I love the fact that you chose this because I have been, ever since it started to get warm outside, I have totally been jamming on wine spritzers because it's they my are summer like, drink. It's, it's my summer drink. Part of it is though, is that especially in the summer when you're outside and it's fun and the kids are playing and my husband and I are just chilling on the back porch, I can drink a bottle of wine. So by well, drinking, it spreads it out. It that's exactly it. And it helps me to consume water. So then it's like, yes. I still have two or three drinks, but I don't have an entire bottle of wine. Yes. So uh, it's a, it's a safety measure for me. Cheers, oh, everybody cheers out there. <laughs> All righty. Okay. So, my first question to you is the title of your book is hot mess i'm curious as to why you chose hot mess as the title of your book okay so i was when i knew i was writing the book i wanted it to be very authentic so obviously you know me and anybody who listens to my show or knows me in person i'm very tell like it is and i'm very honest about where i struggle and where i don't and i think that you know, I think there's this perception, I think it's starting to get dissuaded, but there was this perception that if you were going to be organized, you had to be like the Stepford wife, perfect, everything, nothing out of place. Real and magazine. <laughs> exactly. And I was said, you know, that's not the case. You could still have systems and strategies and a level of order in your life and still, you know, struggle and feel like a hot mess. So when I was trying to, when I was playing around with different topic or, or title ideas, I just kept going the whole time. I'm like, I just feel like a hot mess. I just feel like a hot mess. And one day I'm like, that's going to be the book. That's going to, yeah. So that's really, it was just kind of just playing around and I kept using it as my, like referring to myself. And I was like, why is that not my book? So I love that authenticity because I know that, okay. So I think we started our businesses right around the same time. I was 2009 when we, but me, yeah, that was me. Okay. So and I feel like the, the industry has changed so much where it really was about that perfection before. And now people are calling me because they're just like sort of lost a little bit and they might, you know, they might just need some help getting back to point zero, but you know, like they aren't necessarily all looking for the, um, the perfection as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the industry has changed a little bit. And, and I feel like you talk a little bit in your, in your book about that, about how, it's not about perfection that people ask all the time. I'm, I'm sure you get asked, you know, is, does your house, is it just perfect? Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm always like, Oh uh, no, because I have two kids under the age of six and a husband who's not as organized as me. And I'm authentic. I'm, I live in my house. And so I think that that um, I love that authenticity about what you have. One of the podcasts that you did recently that just really piqued my interest is the cost of clutter or what your clutter is costing you. Because a lot of times when you hear the word cost, you automatically think monetary terms, but in your book, you talk about it. And on the podcast, you talk about it. What are you saying when you say cost of clutter? Let me just take a quick step back before I answer sure. the question. So I, when a lot of the speaking that I do is to in the corporate workplace, in addition to speaking to moms groups and whatnot and different associations. But when I talk in the workplace, it's very quantifiable because clutter is just this kind of like vague, like thing, this like aura that isn't necessarily defined. And I think just like as much as people ask me, is your house perfect? The other question that I get or that I don't get it as much, but I totally got it early on is, do you work with hoarders? Do you work with hoarders? <laughs> and, and I was like, no, cause I'm not even like, I like to pretend I'm a therapist. I'm yeah. not a licensed psychologist. <laughs> and that's just kind of out of my pay grade. So I, I'm like, I work, 
primarily, you know, my core demographic are people like us, busy moms that are just trying to keep it all together. And so I think just identifying, you know, what even is clutter? Like what is clutter, you know? And, you know, I talk a lot about clutter just isn't, only limited to the physical stuff that you see, tripping over toys, dishes in the sink, laundry piling up, but it is being overscheduled because you're running your kids to 20 different activities or saying yes to every single committee that you ask to sit on or volunteer. So there's that whole talent, what I call calendar clutter. I love that. that. That's actually like the next thing oh, we're going to say. Okay. I won't jump out, but my, <laughs> but my point is, so when I talk about clutter, I always want to try to define like, what are we even talking about? Because a lot of people are like, I don't have clutter. Like I'm, I'm a single person. I don't have kids toys or my kids are grown or whatever it is, but there's still this, this, um, you know, we're, we're all faced with this, these struggles, whether it's, you're looking for your keys or you can't find, you know, your tax papers that you need for the accountant or whatever it is. So obviously there's, you can equate a monetary, if it's time, you know, if you're talking about, you know, what is the cost of it um, in terms of what you're looking for and the time that you, um, that you're spending that extra 10 minutes looking for your keys or your cell phone or whatever it is, having your kids chase around for their soccer cleats. But for yourself, I talk about this acronym of four things. So um, the first one is frustration. So it's the frustration and how that plays in and sets the tone. So the frustration that you have of be either beating yourself up because you're like, I know I have this, I can't find it. Or the frustration to your kids, you know, in a lot of cases, whereas, hey, where mom, where's yourself? my, yes. <laughs> if you would have just put it back where I told you, you know, so there's oh that gosh, trust, yes. right. And becomes this like ripple effect. So this frustration then trickles on and then your kids leave and you're like hating yourself for feeling like a bad mom. And it becomes this, at least this is my scenario. I can't speak for anybody else, but you no, know. You're, you're preaching to the choir right here. Yep, I so, totally hear that. <laughs> so I think frustration is a huge one. That is a cost and how that affects you. The second one is the anxiety. I feel like, and I see this a lot, not just for myself, but I see it in my kids. So I have a 14 and a 17 year old and my 14 year old, and I'm very open about it and she knows, and she's already in therapy and it, she will continue to talk <laughs> about this as she grows up, but she, she's a hot mess and can't get out of her own way. And so I am always trying to teach her. I have, you know, to try to, you know, really not just have a home for things because I want things neat and orderly, but she's always scrambling in the 11th hour, looking for whatever it is. She plays guitar. So she's like, I can't find my picks or where is this? Or I can't find my music or whatever it is. And so I see this true anxiety bubbling inside her that she starts then beating herself up because she knows. So if you take that extra time to, you know, make this a priority, it will reduce that anxiety. Right. Yeah. And then it's the stress, the stress of the stress of failure. I'm going to, or stress of, I'm going to be late to school. I'm going to be late to work. I'm going to be late to practice. And then you're rushing. So it's all of these intangibles that we're talking about. And then the last one, which I kind of mentioned at the beginning was the time, the time that it takes. I mean, the one level playing field that we all have is time. It doesn't matter how much money you have or whatnot, how old you are, how skinny you are, whatever. We all are playing on that even playing field of, you know, 24 hours in the day. And how we use that time to me 
is so critical. And do you want to, like, I get frustrated and annoyed at myself if I have to spend time looking for something that I'm like, I could be doing so many other things <laughs> with that time, you know? So when you look at that and how much time it spends, and there's statistics that say, you know, the average person wastes 50 minutes a day. So that's a, almost an hour, you know? So if you add that up collectively, and I've done the math offline with a calculator, of course, <laughs> but when you, when I've done that, it's, um, it comes out to like two weeks, which is a yeah. vacation. And so yeah. again, you know, if you're looking at somebody that works outside the home and I'm talking to people in a, in a, in an, uh, you know, a corporate or a work setting, you know, you could say, how much do you make? What is that? dollar amount costing you it could be ten thousand dollars five thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars but take that mon that monetary out of the equation and when you think about all of these other intangibles and how that plays into your world like there's a lot of value in that yeah and and, and it's value the cost is not necessarily you know it's things like your health your mental health totally. your physical health you know, like you talked about anxiety and stress. I always say to people, I, I, if they don't know where to start, I say, let's start in your bedroom because if the first thing you see when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you see before you go to bed at night is clutter, I cannot imagine that you are getting a good night's sleep. If you're not sleeping, then you're not healthy. And if you're not healthy, then there's other health problems that are going to come in. You know, it can cause stress on your marriage and all, I mean, like, there's just so many things that I feel like you think, oh, well, I just don't, I don't care about my house being that neat. Well, it, it's about so much, or I don't care about being so busy or being late to things, but, but there's so many other things that are affected when you have, like you were saying that calendar clutter, or you have all that stuff that's sitting around in your house. Yeah. I just feel like you said, you know, that the frustration, the anger, you know, the relationships with your kids or with your husband, cause you're frustrated because you can't find things. It's just one of those things that I think that people who are just saying, eh, I don't worry about it. I don't need to get organized. Aren't thinking about when it comes to getting organized or listening to maybe their family members or friends that are saying, Hey, I really need you to, to, you know, kind of get your butt in gear and, and help me out with this a little bit. You know, I also too, I think people don't realize like when they live in cluttered homes. So um, I'm with you. I, I don't work with hoarders anymore. I don't feel like I have the qualifications, but I do have a couple of pretty chronically disorganized clients that I work with. And the one has really, really bad allergies. And I'm trying to explain to him all the time that having all this stuff around and never being able to like really get everything vacuumed or everything dusted is contributing to your health. And so again, I think these costs that we're talking about when it comes to clutter, you know, the anxiety, whatever, it's literally affecting his health. He's having to take allergy medication and get shots and go to the allergist regularly. And he doesn't even realize that that is part, you know, part and parcel to what he has around his home. I think that it's a great way. So I, I just got done teaching a class about teaching kids to organize and helping kids, parents to get organized. And yesterday on the broadcast, they said, what do I do if my husband doesn't get organized? And I think that these tactics of talking about, you know, the anxiety that you're causing other people, the frustration that you're causing yourself or the stress is a great tactic. If that person is just thinking, well, you don't like that I'm messy and I don't really care that I'm messy. You know, I think that being able to say it's causing me stress or it's causing me frustration or it's causing me health problems right. or monetary, you know, it, 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 there is a monetary thing to this, you know, I sure. work with people with shopping issues and they shop and they shop and they shop and, you know, they don't have any food in their cupboards, but they have a lot of unpacked bags from TJ Maxx, you know, but even if it's not, and I agree with you hundred percent, but even if it's little things like, 
oh, I'm going to switch out the batteries in my whatever, in my remotes. And you know you have batteries somewhere, but you shoved them, you bought them and shoved them in a drawer. So now you're going to go out and buy them again. Or you're making, you know, you're cooking with a recipe and you need, you know, cumin. And you know you have cumin because, you know, how often are we going through a bottle of cumin? But you can't find it because your pantry or, or, or your cupboards are disorganized. So you just run out because you're like, it's a couple bucks. It's a couple bucks. I need light bulbs. So you're spending time to run out and do that errand, even though the cost of replacing it, it is money, even though it's like might be a couple bucks or whatever, it adds up over time and you start to, again, that's where the accumulation, and then it again spirals into now you are accumulating physical clutter because now you do have six bottles of cumin in your pantry because every time you can't find it, you go out and buy a new one. I do want to touch a little bit on the calendar clutter because for sure. your book, that's one thing, like I'd never, I never, I feel like you developed that term. Um, I had never, I thought about it, but never actually put a name to it. And I, and I love it because I think as moms, we don't realize that our time can be part of our clutter. But talk a little bit about both, you know, what a calendar clutter is and then like, and maybe give a tactic that you use to sort of combat it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. So calendar clutter essentially is if you, if you think of your calendar, right, your day, look at a 24 hour period as your closet. And your closet has so much space to fill with items. And so you add, every time you add a to-do, and the, your to-do could be cooking dinner, going to the grocery store, driving your kids back and forth to activities. That's another item in your closet. It's another item in your closet. And so we keep adding things into our closets. And, you know, in this society as moms, and again, not trying to stereotype, and but we all have a tendency to overschedule ourselves or become overscheduled. And I mean, for Pete's sake, I wrote a book about it and I feel overscheduled <laughs> at times. So, you know, it's the cobbler's kid has no shoes. So you just keep adding things in. But what happens is we don't often create margin to remove things because it's not stuff that we see. So we'll continue to either agree to stuff for ourselves or for our children without factoring in how that relates to our overall time. And if you look at the, your waking hours, let's just say you're going from six in the morning to 11 at night, right? That's the time that you have to be productive. How are you allotting that time and are you giving yourself time? So what happens is when I do this exercise of what I call time blocking, which essentially is just kind of keeping a food diary of your time and just seeing every little thing that you do. And again, it's like, I spend, you know, 20 minutes every morning just after the kids get on the bus, just straightening things up, you know, or maybe you don't do that. And maybe that's margin that you need to create in. I drive a half an hour to work. I need, a, you know, an hour for dinner. I need whatever. And you start like looking at work for X amount of hours. Um, you start seeing that closet get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then the more you add in, you know, and you have to factor in, you and I both know that keeping an organized house is discipline. There's maintenance involved. I mean, as much as we would like to say it's one and done, it's just like working out. It's an you ongoing get organized you don't, and right. then you're done. It's right. It's a practice. So once you, you know, get your system situated, then it's just maintenance. And hopefully that's an easier process, but you still need to allot that time. Like I said, to make the beds in the morning, to, to 
to do the laundry and then put it away or whatever that is, clean up the toys. And what I see with a lot of people is they don't factor that margin in. So they'll go shopping, but they don't factor the margin of, okay, now I have to put this stuff away. So that is like, that just doesn't happen. So I think, think of like your, you know, your piles of paper throughout the house. And it's like the, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. What happens is our calendar clutter starts to build up like those piles. And we, before we know it, stuff is falling through the cracks. We can't figure out, we're forgetting things. We're running late. And that's when that ripple effect happens. Absolutely. You know, you have to really look and, and start to pick and choose. One thing that I really hit on a lot is like priorities and what I was is just going to exactly, yep. exactly. I was, as soon as I was waiting for a break, I was going to say, it has to be a priority at yep. some point. And that's the thing. And you need to make it an appointment on your calendar as you would do anything else. You have to block that time, whether it's two hours, an hour in the morning, half a day, whatever that is to play catch up you know, because it won't just happen. And I tell people, you really have a couple choices. This is what I tell my kids. It's, it's choices and consequences. We all have free will. And, but if you don't want to live in this state of chaos or clutter and worry about having things be late, whether it's bills and you're incurring late fees or, you know, you're late for the raffle basket. And then you start just, you know, beating yourself up. Like, how could I, how could something so simple, like dropping off gardening gloves, you know, just be such a burden you need to just say okay i'm going to block this amount of time and get myself back on track and there you have it my question to you is what is your clutter costing you if you need some help tackling it i want to recommend checking out Lori's sbo partner program there you can find links to professional organizers all over the united states and even in australia And you can find a link to that SBO partner program in the show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group where we have discussions with people just like you that are struggling with organizing issues in their family. Next time you're on Facebook, just search for cocktails and containers. The word and is written out. I want to be sure to say thank you to our guest, Lori Palau, and be sure to check out her book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, wherever you buy books. And of course, there'll be a link to it in our show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. And thank you for taking the time out to listen to this episode of Cocktails and Containers. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please consider subscribing below and leave us a review so that other people just like you can find this podcast and help get their families on the track to simplifying and organizing their lives. Until next week, take care and happy organizing.